Hello, you're listening to the Abnormalized Podcast. Our conversation is all about tough questions, true stories, and topical issues. Let's unpack that. So I've definitely been bouncing several ideas around in my head on what to talk about, um, looking at my own experiences, my educational background, my current work experiences, just what am I seeing working in community mental health? What am I experiencing? What have I seen? Um, not just on the job, but maybe experience, uh, at school experiences, um, in churches, what am I seeing? What's kind of going on right now that I think people need to hear about? And I think the most pressing one that comes to mind is this topic of judgment. Um, in psychology, in mental health, working in this field, judgment is is essentially a, it's a no-no, right? There is no judgment from your therapist, from mental health professionals to their clients. There just can't be for there to be a proper therapeutic relationship, for there to be any type of growth. There just can't be any kind of judgment on behalf of that professional sitting across from you. So in in my experiences, that's what I want to talk about today. Um, This is for anyone who is contemplating this area of work or who's currently involved um, in a helping area. Um, And I try and keep that as vague, as broad as possible, um, thinking of things like maybe working with family members, you know, in an unofficial capacity, um, working in a school, working with youth and young adults, or professionally uh, working in churches, working in ministry, how can we withhold judgment when everything in our nature says to judge, right? And there are those connotations to that. Um, How do we overcome that natural urge or feeling to really evaluate what that person's saying and say, that doesn't make sense. That's stupid. You're wrong. You shouldn't think about that. You shouldn't say that. Blah, blah, blah. There's a million things happening right there. How can we turn that off and allow for someone to just come to us as their true, authentic selves with all their flaws, knowing that who they're talking to is trustworthy enough to withhold judgment from them? So that's what I want to talk about today. Um, obviously, using my own experiences. Um, and just hopefully I can provide some type of, of insight, um, in talking about this and maybe conjure up some images for you, um, in your own life and maybe tips you can use. I mean, this is for really for instruction, for training. That's kind of the whole desire for this podcast is to help people know how to help people, right? Because mental health is such an underutilized, um, underdeveloped, still underdeveloped field, not just in the professional sense, but in um, just that, uh, like I mentioned before, that unofficial sense of a friend coming to you for help or 
uh, that church capacity or school capacity or working with someone, just helping someone through a crisis even. Because we've all been there. We've all had friends or family come to us in a crisis and we want to help. And that's admirable. That's what we are should what we should be compelled to do when we see someone in need when we see someone hurting our most base instinct should be to help in whatever way possible so in viewing the mental health field how can we maximize our help maximize our support for someone First and foremost, it's important to understand nothing you do or say will improve someone's situation. When someone is coming to you with a problem, with a crisis, with something that's going on that they want help with, I'm not talking about like, oh, they need help changing a tire, they need a cup of sugar. It's, I'm struggling with depression, or I'm struggling with thoughts of suicide. I'm struggling with addiction how can we knowing that they trust us to be so vulnerable with us how can we capitalize on that and really be there to support them and that's the goal the whole point of working in mental health is to be a support not a problem solver not a fixer a support my current role is that and everything that I do. I want to support other people. I'm not here to cure them of their depression or cure them of anxiety, right? Whatever other mental illnesses, mental disorders they might be facing, I'm not here to cure them, right? I'm not here to fix their relationship with a family member or with their significant other. I'm not here to fix their self-esteem. I am here to listen and to be a support and i'll definitely talk about that at some other point but what i want to talk about like i said is if someone and when someone comes to you with a problem how can we take ourselves out of that moment and say here's the situation look at it um, in a judgmental way and i'll talk about that too How can we judge or evaluate a situation to really understand what's needed in that moment, right? So we are constantly viewing others' actions through an evaluative lens. We're always seeing people do something and responding to that. And that's totally normal. And to say it's normal is also to say it's okay, right? To view what someone does and be like, oh, that's weird, right? We've all seen people doing weird stuff right and i mean i don't have to go into tons of details or really paint a picture for you you can all probably think of something that you saw someone do sometime and said wow that is really weird and that's okay right i'm not here to say you can't say something is different or odd right we're always looking at life at other people's actions through an evaluative lens We're always trying to understand what's going on. Okay, why is this person doing this? You know, why is this person 
listening to music full blast on the bus? Why is this person screaming at the top of their lungs to a song in their car, right? Why are people doing things that are different? We're always looking at that. We're always evaluating things, and that's just from one of those most basic instincts. We're always looking out for things that are out of the ordinary. Is there something here that can be dangerous to myself, right? It's that um, always looking out for ourselves, always looking for our own best interests. That's normal. That's that evaluative lens that I talk about. But there's a difference between making those judgments and being judgmental. Being judgmental to me is more of a persistent habitual thing where I'm being judgmental. I am constantly evaluating what other people say, what other people do. And if it doesn't line up with how I think people should act, what I think people should say, then that's weird. It's stupid. Get it away from me. I'm not going to touch it with a 30 foot pole, right? That's what being judgmental is. So in this idea of mental health and helping someone, how is being judgmental detrimental to recovery, right? And not talking about, not specifically talking about substance use recovery, you know, not talking about people who have overcome addiction, right? That's not the type of recovery I'm necessarily talking about, but to improve their situation, that they're bringing to you, essentially. So how can being judgmental or constantly evaluating and trying to hold people up to what you think is right be harmful? And kind of in that description is really the answer because we're expecting people to act a certain way. And one thing that I have learned working in mental health and community mental health and studying some of this stuff is people will do everything you don't expect them to do. They will never do what you expect them to do. So when we are constantly expecting people to act and live up to our standards, anytime they fall short of that, they're also going to fall short in our eyes of what it is to be a good person. Being judgmental has to or deals with being overly critical in an unhelpful way. So we're evaluating what they do and criticizing it, having that critical lens. And again, these are normal things that we do. But being critical and saying, I wouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that, Um, doing this is weird, doing this is wrong, stop doing these things, it's not helpful. Especially if someone comes to you with a situation or with a problem it's not really helpful for you to say, oh, well, just stop doing this, right? Someone comes to me and says, oh, me and -and so-and-so broke up again, but I really want to get back with her, even though she's cheated on me, even though she's hurt me. My instinct sometimes is to say, okay, you idiot, stop going back to her then. She cheated on you. Why would you go back to her? Why would you do this thing that you know is going to perpetuate a cycle? But that's not helpful. Right, Because someone coming to me like that doesn't need that. They don't need my criticism. If they're coming to me with this problem, they likely already know how I feel. 
they likely already know what people are going to say. But if they're coming to you, they're coming to you for a reason. And that's so important to remember is this person could go to anyone and yet they're trusting me to be a support for them. And I keep saying that word over and over and over again. And I say it all the time with people that I'm working with, but it's all about being that support, that cheerleader, that just that helper, that person in their corner, just to help them and be there for them when they have a problem. So when we make judgments in ways that are harmful or have negative consequences is where this also comes into play at with being judgmental, being a detriment, being harmful to people. So if I react strongly to someone telling me that they have done something bad, and I say bad, I guess in quotations, right? Because that is technically still subjective. I mean, there are certain things that objectively are bad to do, right? But people are coming to you with these scenarios of things that they think are wrong and your response is crucial. Your That response is so important because again, view it this way and I keep going back to this, but view it this way. If someone is coming to me to talk about a problem in their personal life, number one, they probably already know how I feel and they probably know what they need to do but what they want is just to talk to someone to be a sounding board right if they need if they're needing something more like advice or if they're needing um, something solved but if it's someone who is just man I am underwater right now I am I feel like I'm drowning I there's so much coming down on me right now my relationships are falling apart work is falling apart everything is falling apart right now I don't know what to do I just need to talk to someone so they know what I'm probably gonna say they or they at least know how I feel right they also know what they're looking for they don't need advice nothing you say can fix anything so that's where it's just listening without passing judgment and this requires great deep amounts of empathy for us to be able to put ourselves in their shoes and say man i've been there before i've dealt with this or that or i've struggled with this i've been through something similar in my own life that i can probably relate to how you're feeling Let's just talk and let me just sit and dwell here with you for a little bit. I'm not going to say, well, if you hadn't gotten back with her, you would have avoided this problem. right? If you hadn't gone back to your, your girlfriend or if you hadn't gone back to drugs or if you hadn't gone back to hanging out with those people, then you wouldn't have gotten in this position because now's not the time for that. Not passing judgment, withholding judgment is saying, I know what you've done but I know why you're coming to me. I know why you're approaching me about this. So I'm going to really suppress that urge or that desire to give you instructions or tell you how to dig yourself out and just get in that hole with you and sit and talk about it for a while. The other side of this, the other part of this not being judgmental means when someone tells you something, you cannot view them any differently. And that is in itself also really difficult for us. Um, 
with Carl Rogers in the you know mid 1900s developing this idea of person-centered psychology, which at its core, I mean, just taking those words apart means psychology or therapy that is geared to what that person needs, which sounds, if you're familiar at all with psychology or with therapy, it sounds like, well, duh, right? If someone's coming to me for therapy, of course I'm going to develop an approach that fits what they need. But that's not the case. This was revolutionary to where there were certain techniques or things that were being tried with people, right? Someone comes into me with problems. Let's analyze their dreams or let's do this inkblot test or let's try and dive into their subconscious. Let's do these techniques and see what works, what brings them out. And if nothing happens, then let's give them a lobotomy. If something works, then hey, perfect. Let's keep doing it. This idea is that when the person comes to you, they are not this broken individual. They are just someone who just needs a little bit of, say it with me, support. This person-centered idea has permeated into basically every mainstream psychology or, or therapeutic approach now where everything we do is focused on the individual. See, I can develop a plan or I can develop a curriculum, um, worksheets, techniques, things I think might help them. But when I'm sitting across from a client, whenever I'm working one-on-one with a, a student, all of that goes out the window if they come to me with something different or if they don't want to do that. It's all about what are they being receptive to. And so with this person-centered approach comes this idea of unconditional positive regard so unconditional without fail permanent nothing can take it away positive obviously um, good feelings good views um, constructive um, you know not viewing them negatively and then regard is your thoughts your feelings about them so basically that unconditional positive regard just means Nothing this person can do or tell me is going to change how I view about this person. And how I view about this person is that they are whole and complete and that they are worthy of living a good life, being successful, being happy. They are worthy of good things regardless of what they do. Because they are human, they deserve my support. They deserve my best revolutionary idea at the time but that is such a a pervasive thought now and it has to be our mindset and possibly sidetracking a little bit but that is also and should also be that that christian approach as well very similar um very congruent thoughts here that what you do and say doesn't change how God views you. Okay. So very similar, very similar thoughts here. The unconditional positive regard for me manifests itself when let's say a client comes in and says they've been on drugs their whole life and that regardless of their circumstances, they don't want to stop using, that they want to continue using drugs no matter what. 
but that the problem they're facing is a strain on their relationship with their wife. Part of me wants to say, okay, dude, what if we fix this drug problem first? Then you can probably see these pieces fall into place and everything would work out for you. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to help because that's not what they want. That person-centered approach means, okay, I hear what you're saying. I, I know you're struggling with this relationship with your wife. Let's try these things. Let's talk about this. How can we focus on fixing this part of your life? I know, you know, and I disagree with that drug use. I can disagree with whatever. It doesn't matter. And I should never ever say that. I should never bring my own opinions or beliefs or feelings into that therapeutic session. Because again, they know how people feel. They probably know how you feel. But they're coming to you regardless. They know you disagree with what they're doing, and yet they're still choosing to talk to you. They're still choosing to come to you for help. So what does that even, I mean, think about that for a second. What does that say? It says, I'm willing to endure shame and discomfort if it means talking to someone I trust to just get over this. And when we keep that in mind, it's easy to understand our importance in this role of being a support. Now, again, I'm not licensed a licensed counselor, but in my job, I can provide uh, certain therapeutic skills or techniques to two clients and two people and obviously working and as a student pastor I, I do this as well but it doesn't have to be I, I just say that to, to say it doesn't have to be a license or, or official position right if you're uh, in a school setting in a church setting um, working in some type of community group um, you're working with um, children youth young adults older adults um could just be, hey, could just be your family. People are going to come to you for for help. They're going to come to you with problems of all kinds. And when they tell you those horrible things in their mind or in your mind, your face can't say what your mind is thinking. And even more so, your mouth can't say what your mind is thinking. You have to internalize all that. And remember, this person is coming to me because they trust me. And that trust is so, so hard to come by. But because they trust me, I'm going to do everything I can to support them, to listen to them. Why? Because they deserve it. Because of that unconditional positive regard. Because of that idea that they are a whole person. They are worthy of good things. I'm going to withhold judgment because it's not going to help. But it starts with that, that very first step. Our first mindset should be, this person trusts me. And they trust me enough to know that I won't cast my judgment on them and shake my finger at them and, and tell them, don't do this. Stop being stupid. Stop being weird. They know I'm not going to say that. And if you can be that type of person, you'll find success when people come to you, right? And I'm not talking about success being, man, I've solved five problems this week, you know? 
man, my mom came to me with this and I fixed it. My dad came to me with this and I fixed it. My wife came to me with this and I fixed that. And then I talked to two people at, at work and I fixed their problems too. It's not all about that. It's not, it's, that's not even close to what it's about. We're not called to fix people's problems. We're called to just listen, to be there for them, and to what? Support them. And none of that can happen if you're passing judgment on them. If you're viewing what they're doing or what they're saying and evaluating that and saying, that's wrong, that's bad, don't do this. I had a co-worker talking to me about a situation in which um, a client of theirs, a, a adolescent child of or adolescent client of theirs was um, discussing some, some things with a psychologist, um, some very unsavory things or thoughts they had been having. And this co-worker told me that that psychologist looked at that client straight in the eyes and said, that's wrong. Stop doing that. And client said from then on, those problems persisted and the client just dealt with unimaginable amounts of shame over this situation. Because judgment doesn't help anything. Judgment doesn't fix anything. My thoughts don't matter. It doesn't matter how I feel about clients having affairs. It doesn't matter how I feel about, about young people doing what young people do. It doesn't matter how I feel about clients doing drugs. It doesn't matter how I feel about this or how I feel about that. It None of that matters. What matters is the person in front of me, the person that's coming to me, is hurting. And they're coming to me because they know that with me there is some safety and some security. And that with them there can be at least some type of healing. So... My thought today is how can we withhold that judgment? How can we move from being judgmental people to being whole, supportive people when someone comes up to us? And it's all about swallowing that pride. Just someone tells you something you can't, it's not your place to say, oh, we'll do this or do that, and you'll get out of that situation. It's all about, man, I hear you. I understand what you're saying. That's rough. Let me get down in that hole with you. I'm not going to judge what you say. I'm going to listen, and I'm going to support you no matter what you tell me. Because I tell clients that all the time. I'm here to support you. I'm not here to pass judgment on you. You can't say anything that will shock me. And that's probably the final part of this. You have to expect the unexpected. You have to be prepared when someone comes and tells you, the worst, like, most weirdest thing you can imagine. You have to, in some way, expect that. Someone is coming to me, you know, we've all been there, we've all gotten that text, hey, I need to talk to you, or hey, when can we meet, because I need to talk to you about something. And our minds just start going every which way, thinking, oh man, what did this person do? Did they, oh man, they, they killed someone, they hurt someone, they committed this crime, they did this, they did something... Man, I've never even heard of what they probably did. Your mind starts going a million places. And, and that's essentially what we have to do. In a different way is to think of what could have possibly happened here. 
if you don't have the full information, what could have possibly happened here? And how can I prepare myself for if they say that thing? I tell myself this, I tell people this all the time, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Prepare as if the worst scenario is going to happen. Hope for the best. Like, you know, hope the best outcome is going to happen. But if it doesn't, you're prepared for the worst case scenario. Right? So when someone tells me, hey, Jared, I need to talk to you about something. Okay. I have no idea what that means. But I know it can be a billion different things. What's the worst thing it could be? Let me prepare for that. I'm not expecting that to happen. But, oh, man. Oh no, my wife killed someone. What? Uh, I bet that's what happened. She killed someone, or no, she killed five people, and now she's she's want me to run away with her and go hide somewhere. That oh, that's what she's asking me to do. That's why she wants to talk. To me, that is the probably the worst thing that could happen. Never happens, never happened, uh, will never happen. Thank God. But that is that you know kind of in a lighthearted way. But that is that kind of mindset to have is. What, are, what is the worst thing that can happen here? How can I prepare for it? So that whenever someone comes to me, I'm prepared, right? I can't be thrown off by what they say. Because being thrown off shows them, can show them, oh, I shouldn't have said that to them. I shouldn't have told Jared this. So maybe next time I won't go to him. Or if they don't know they can trust you, nothing's going to happen. They're not going to talk to you about anything. So I say all that to say judgment, being judgmental doesn't fix anything. We all make judgments. We all evaluate what's going on around us, but being judgmental, constantly criticizing what people do and viewing things critically does not help anybody. But when someone comes to us, we have to understand they're coming to us for a reason because they think we have something that can help them. And it's a very humbling thought, for me at least, to realize, man, someone is coming to me because they think I, that me, out of everybody in this world, everybody in the universe, I have something they don't have. Like I said, it's a humbling thought, but that has to be our mindset. This person is coming to me because they need something from me. How can I wholly give myself and help them and to listen to them, to be there for them? How can I withhold judgment by suppressing that? I don't, they don't need to hear my beliefs. They don't need to hear my opinions unless they ask for them. I just need to listen and withhold that judgment to be prepared for whatever they might say and to understand that nothing they say can change how I view them. I need to know that and they need to know that. So I hope this can bring some type of clarity, some type of insight. I hope there are instances you can think of when listening to this on, you know, maybe scenarios where you've gone to someone and maybe unfortunately you felt judgment from them or vice versa. Someone has come to you and you may have judged them. Hopefully this makes you think about these things. And like I said, I want this to be some type of of teaching and instruction. So how can this help somebody else. If this can help you, then use this. Use what I'm talking about to help someone else, because that's what this is all about. Thank you for listening to this episode of Abnormalized. 
I hope the things we discussed today resonate with you in some way. If you think someone else needs to hear this, then why don't you share it with them? You can follow us on Instagram at ab.normalized. Feel free to reach out to us there and share any questions or ideas for us to unpack in the future as we strive to normalize the abnormal.